Uh, okay, so here we are with Caleb Sudfeld talking about getting arrested in Ottawa. Hey, Caleb. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, big, uh, big couple of weeks in Ottawa with On to Ottawa. And I kind of normally start with going back to the time when you need, when you uh, realized that you sort of needed to take some action or when things changed for you. Um, yeah. When do you think that was? Um, you know, I've always, always thought taking action was important, uh, but I guess I've been lazy for a long time and um, it wasn't until, until recently. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I started seeing like um, just off oil actions in England Right. Um, and just like ramping up and especially the art actions um, uh, really, really were inspiring. And then um, I, I'm a social work student. And so we talk a lot about um, taking action to make a, a more just society. Um, but I was just always thinking um, sitting in a classroom or working, you know, behind a desk isn't going to do that. And so, um, yeah, I started trying to email some groups and um really was not having a lot of luck and then finally uh went to ottawa yeah yeah and you know i remember because we we had a conversation out in ottawa where you were talking about standing in the grocery store and trying to point people <laughs> to the oh. no waste All right, to the yeah. no waste store and that really resonated with me because uh you know, before I started doing this work, I was turning into this crazy lady that just wanted to go and knock everybody's disposable cups out of their hands. <laughs> so tell me yeah. what happened at the grocery store. Yeah, well, um, yeah, actually, that's good you bring it up because before I found on to Ottawa, I was trying to like think what I could do. And I, I live in, in Chilliwack uh, in British Columbia. And it's just like, there's not a lot of uh, things going on here. It's kind of a smaller city. Um, so, um, I really started with just like buying like these big white sheets and then painting words on them. Like, uh, I think the first one I made was like about like, I was really into the idea of like stopping supermarkets from um, using like disposable plastic. So I just would paint a message and then I remember I hung one off a billboard uh, and then it got taken down the next day. And then, so I made another one and I went to the um, local like save on foods and I would just stand outside with, with this sign um, telling people, <laughs> Canada only recycles 9% of its plastic. So you got to stop buying it. Right. Um, and I would just stand there by myself. <laughs> um, not really saying anything, just standing there weird, like a weirdo. And uh, until I would get kicked out by security guards. Right. Right. And so, okay, well, I'm really glad that you find that you found some like-minded people that you could, that you could join with. Um, okay. So your art action, you chose to uh, do an art action. Well, you did two actions, right? One was a, um, a highway block and, and an art action. So which one was first? It was the highway block first, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us what happened there. So the action was to block the, uh, Laurier Avenue bridge in downtown Ottawa. And, um, you know, I had never done a roadblock before. Um, but I've been arrested a lot of times before for, for non-climate related stuff. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't scared to get arrested. Um, um, I guess I was not nervous, but like, um, wondering like what would happen when we blocked the road. 
I know a lot of people were expressing anxiety over possibly um, being the victim of violence um, or like the dangers of just cars uh, trying to get past um, right. roadblockers. We, we obviously got to the location and, and um, walked across the crosswalk and sat in the road and um, had our signs. And um, another member was, was calling out um, like why we were there and what we were, we were blocking the road for. Um, and, um, and why, why are you there? Cause, uh, why is on Ottawa there inconveniencing people on their day-to-day travels? What's the message? Uh, I think the message right now is, is in response to the, the wildfire season we've had. Right. And, and the message is that we need a stronger, uh, nationalized response, uh, to right. inevitable future wildfires. So we were calling for um, the implementation of a national wildfire fighting service. Right. Um, and then of course, a, a more broad overarching, um, demand we had was to, or we have is to, um, get the government to, um, I guess, implement a citizen's assembly with, with legal binding authority to make decisions, um, right. on environmental matters. Right. Cause clearly our, our government is not doing its, its main job to, to protect the citizens of this country and especially the children of this country uh, from, you know, a, a cataclysmic future. Okay, so you you uh, you get in the road, you're letting everybody know that we want a firefighting service, we want a citizens assembly, we want to change our, you know, we want to save our children's lives. And you sit down, what was the reaction like from, uh, from the from the crowd from the motorists from the walkers by? Uh, we were getting uh, a lot of people honking. Um, I remember, I remember one guy got out of his car um, and came up and started yelling that he had to get to work. Right. Um, uh, he got he went back to his car. Um, a lot of cyclists were were going by, and I remember one car kind of went into the bike lane and um, kind of made a dangerous situation for the cyclist that was also trying to get in that same space. Right. Um, what and did then, the cyclists say? Were the cyclists supportive of what you were doing? Um, yeah, some of them. Like that yeah. one cyclist, I think he said something like, keep on protesting. Um, people right. walking by were also either yelling out um, like negative things or positive things. Uh, some people right. were yelling out like supportive. See, the um, reason like, I ask is because the mischief law uh, that we are, uh, that people who are protesting are, are, are charged with says that we're preventing people from enjoying the property but my contention is that some people were not enjoying the property but other people like the cyclists and the walkers were actually enjoying the property a lot more <laughs> yeah enjoy, <laughs> there's enjoy somebody yourself. in there uh protesting for their future standing up for their future so i think yeah one of the defenses hangs on that enjoying the property i don't know why when it was that we decided that roads are only for cars and uh, we're, we're this like massive car culture now that is like, we don't have to be a massive car culture, right? We could be a pedestrian culture. We could be a bike culture. We could be a fossil fuel free culture. Um, yeah. Okay. So you blocked the road. Uh, you blocked the road. The police came, they took you off. Uh, they took you off the road. They removed you. And then you went to, I guess the police jail. And what was it like there? Um, yeah, like I said before, I've been arrested um, <laughs> quite a lot of times before this, these two arrests. Um, so I kind of have had some experience with, with different jails uh, in the U.S. and Canada. 
Um, this one wasn't great. Ottawa, um, Ottawa police jail, uh, I guess. Um, uh, it's cold, of course. Um, in, in, in this facility, they don't uh, give you a blanket, uh, even at night, which I found strange. I've never had that experience before. Um, okay, okay, hold on a second here, um, because the I'm, I'm comparing this to the Cordova Street Jail in in so-called Vancouver, which is like a, a, I've, I've not been into it, but it's colder and weirder. So you're telling me that when you get arrested in the states, because we watch all these movies about how horrendous conditions are in the states, they give you a blanket. Yeah, they give you a blanket. Like, I mean, at least in holding cells. Uh, I mean, I've been to. Uh, prisons in the states and conditions are horrendous there um right. they're equally they're they're just as bad here especially i mean i'm a i'm a white man so it's right i don't experience the worst of it i'm sure but uh they're not fun but just just holding cells in particular um yeah i mean in states and even in cordova <laughs> the cordova street jail like you're just saying we'd always get a blanket at least for nighttime right they would they would come and give you a blanket um, at like, you know, seven or 8 PM. And then they take it away from you at like five, but at right. least they gave it a period of time. We didn't yeah. get that. Enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So you were there for maybe what, four or five hours. How long were you in holding for? Five to seven hours or something like that. Right. Five to seven. How long was the, would you say the traffic was impeded for? Um, like a half hour. Wow. So five to seven hours in jail for a half an hour inconvenience of people going to jail, you know, to uh, convince our government to take uh, forest fire mitigation seriously. That seems, I mean, it always seems really outrageous, you know, <laughs> like yeah. how many, how many people have lost their, their homes, um, in the world over the last six months because of these fires. We know we've seen that entire cities burn to the ground and we're putting, you know, a few people in jail for a day for a half an hour inconvenience of people going back and forth, you know, given that we're the, you know, the fourth largest exporter of fossil fuels uh, in the world. It's quite outrageous. Okay. So you got out, um, you went home, you got your, you know, your, you got your accolades, your friends gave you some love. And, uh, then you decided to do something, something different, um, at the art yeah. action. So, right. and this has got a, you know, this got a lot of attention and, uh, yeah. So you went to the national gallery and, and, and put some paint, put some uh, washable paint on a piece of glass in front of a Tom Thompson. Um, how did you decide on this particular piece? Did you go do some research? I had, um, I had attended the national gallery um, before to, to see what would be um, impactful um, in the Canadian context. And um, there were several appropriate pieces, I think, uh, including some European ones. Um, but we decided, or sorry, I decided on the particular painting on Northern River um, because of its iconicity. And I remember studying art history uh, in university. I remember that painting and remember right. um, talking about it in our class. Um, just what it meant, Canada doesn't have a lot of, you know, it's not well standing in the art world. And of course, uh, the group of seven and Tom Thompson um, is meaningful to Canada. So 
right. that's why I think it was the right painting to choose. Uh, yeah, and it's a painting of, uh, describe the painting. Um, it is a painting of, um, I guess, a uh, kind of swamp land forest uh, in Algonquin Park. Right. Um, and it's very, it shows, it shows the darkness of, of, of kind of uh, an Eastern forest, um, as opposed to some of the other landscape paintings of the, the group of seven, which are more bright and, and um, yeah, so this one really shows the the moodiness of the Canadian landscape, I suppose. Right, right. Tom Thompson was a nature lover. And I'm imagining that a lot of these artists, like the Tom Thompson, and um, I know uh, some people in, in, in this city uh, put maple syrup on an Emily car. And I would think if they knew what we were doing to the forests and what we were doing to the trees that they planted, they would burn their own paintings in the town square. You know, I guess what I'm getting at is like you are an art lover because I remember you went to do your research at the National Gallery uh, and you were gone for a really long time and people were getting worried. Like, what has happened to Caleb? Did he get arrested on breaking conditions? What happened? But no, you were looking at the art. Yeah, I was in there for like um, at least three hours. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I love art. and um, Yeah. I remember um, being in the National Gallery, I wrote a poem when I was in there. I looked at, watched a lot of uh, art films and basically went went uh, over the whole the whole area because I knew that I probably wouldn't be back yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. for a while. So you obviously did not want to destroy any art and you really took a lot of pains to make sure that no art was destroyed in this action. Is that correct? Yeah, I think... Um, all of the people um, in the past few years who've done any art actions have really um, put the effort in to make sure that we're not damaging the artwork. We're trying to create sensation, yeah. um, which works. You've been mentioning that you've been arrested a number of times. And uh, did you want to go into any of that? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So why don't we talk about it? then um why don't you tell us about uh what was going on the previous times you've been arrested because it's very very different times right yeah yes um i uh <clears throat> um i first got arrested when i was uh i think 18 and i was i had been um traveling in the united states um and um riding freight trains uh and got arrested for for riding a freight train. Uh, and so the charge was federal trespassing, I guess. Um, and that was in Virginia and spent a month, um, in jail there. Whoa. Um, a month for riding a train. Yeah. And it, wow. a month without a trial, you know, it was, wow. they held me until the trial. So, um, yeah. And then I was also arrested in New York, um, just for, for like possessing drugs. Um, uh, I was young. I was, you know, like carefree. <laughs> but then right. a couple of years later, you know, back in Canada, um, I, I had, you know, gotten pretty heavily into drugs and, um, you know, just went down a, a bad road where I was basically um, stealing to support my habit, um, was arrested many times and uh, many times again for, you know, breaching uh, conditions because I was so addicted to drugs. I, I couldn't remember yeah. to meet my probation yeah. <laughs> appointments. And, um, and then I guess the worst part was, um, 
I got into a fight with a security guard um, in, in a restaurant I was trying to eat at without any money and they kicked me out and I got into this fight. Um, and yeah, I got, got an assault charge and, you know, was on probation for, for two years. And so that was, that was, a, that was a big low. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But it also highlights the fact that like, you know, had you, or, you know, many people who are in these situations build de been dealt with, with compassion for what you were dealing, what you were struggling with, things might be different. I, I do know from being in the courts and looking at what people are, uh, you know, going to hearings for, and it's mostly uh, possession for tra for the purpose of trafficking and breaking conditions. And I think about, you know, us with all of our privilege right now, you know, we have access to legal support. We have, uh, you know, relatively clear heads and lots of support. Uh, and it's still a bureaucratic nightmare figuring out when you're <laughs> when you're supposed to go to court and where you're not supposed to be. So the whole system is is so stacked against people when they're in vulnerable positions. Um, yeah. So how did you get how did you get out of that sort of downward spiral? Um, jail. <laughs> um, so um, it is a deterrent. <laughs> No, I mean that um, I was in jail for like um, several months, and um, actually, I neglected to say I another another arrest, like the final arrest, was um, I actually jumped over the U.S. border in psychosis. I thought people were trying to um, hurt me in Canada, so I jumped over the border uh, and then asked for like asylum in the in the U.S. Oh. So they they put me in a, a yeah, it's pretty funny. They put me in a, in a detention center. Um, and so I was in there for like four months while they, you know, they, they try to process your immigration case. Um, right. and it took me like, it took me about two months to, um, regain some sanity and realize that I needed to go back to Canada. Right. Um, and so then I told them that, and then it took another, like another about two months for me to finally get back. And so, you know, in that time, um, I was able to realize that I was being like really delusional. I also got like, obviously through withdrawals and, and got sober and physically healthy again. Um, yeah. And then, you know, made a decision that, uh, I was going to at least try to, uh, change. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, cool. And so you did, you've made like a huge change and now, you know, in, in my opinion and definitely in, you know, the people's opinion who, I'm t I've been talking with over the last year. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty heroic thing to be, um, taking action to save the future of humanity. Um, so it's super cool. Uh, okay. So you're back in school. So you're in, you're, you're in training to be a social worker. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm a fourth year student, uh, social work in the, um, at the University of the Fraser Valley, right, in British Columbia, and you're almost done. One more year. Yeah, I mean, I guess about uh, seven, eight months. I should be, I should graduate. Right. And what made you choose social work? Um, yeah, going back to um, drug addiction and jail, um, like you're saying, like just the court systems and the kind of injustice of of a system that 
disproportionately affects the most marginalized. Yeah. Um, uh, when I got, when I got sober, I, you know, I had been, I had been, and I had been helped a lot by social workers and social service workers and outreach um, workers, uh, especially in Vancouver's downtown east side. Um, you know, that made a real impact on me. And so when I got sober, I said to myself, you know, like that's something I can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, I wasn't counting on, you know, the severity of of the environmental crisis, perhaps right. then thinking of it too much. Yeah. Well, in this crisis, really, it is going to hit the most vulnerable. It, it does hit the most vulnerable people the hardest. You know, if we look at like people who are suffering in the heat dome and from forest right, fire yeah. smoke, it's it's people who are struggling with homelessness um, and people who are in, you know, uh, inadequate housing, uh, who are going to suffer the most, you know, the people making $200,000 a year who have air conditioning and, and, uh, large homes, um, that they can stay in for extended periods of time are definitely not going to struggle, uh, struggle as much, obviously. Why don't we talk about the feeling in Ottawa? Because, you know, most of the people that I have met through this or through this work, um, talk about being depressed <laughs> and, you know, uh, about, um, the future of humanity and then, uh, finding, you know, so I think, what is it that we say that, um, action is the antidote to depression? Um, and so why don't you say a little bit about what the vibe was like with people in Ottawa and the people that you met there? Yeah, um, going to Ottawa and meeting um, that really, really solid group of people. Um, it's really heartening to see that uh, so many people um, would, you know, make such a large trip. We all come from different parts of Canada. It's super expensive to travel right, right now and just like, you know, get a place and um, buy food. So the fact that people would, you know, make those sacrifices to come together uh, to participate in action is really heartening. Um, and gave me a little bit of hope and yeah, in a hard time, like you said, um, you know, people are really depressed. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm depressed right now because I'm not, you know, actively in action. Right. Yeah. Um, and in Ottawa, um, it just seemed like everyone was, everyone was knew they were doing the right thing. Um, and yeah. I believe that they were. And, um, I think that went a long way to, kind of affecting our mental states. And so, you know, every night we weren't partying or, or doing drugs. We were just, you know, talking and, um, you know, cooking for each other, yeah. um, you know, sharing cleaning responsibilities as mundane as that sounds, uh, sharing living spaces. Yeah. Just a very communal atmosphere and, um, happy, you know, even when we're doing things, or we're taking action in something like very serious. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, those are feelings that you don't get when you're just ignoring the problem or yeah. um, thinking about it, not doing anything. Yeah. And are uh, the people who are getting arrested in Ottawa, the age ranged from age 20 to age 87. Um, and the 87 uh, year old man, um, Eric was originally arrested entering a segregated church um, during the civil rights movement. So this is, you know, for Eric, you know, Eric Schiller to, 
you know, take this action now, um, is really, really shows how we are in such a similar time as they were in the, in the civil rights movement. Something, this is a, you know, this is a moral, a moral imperative that people have to act at this point. And, um, it doesn't seem like there's anything else that we can do, you know, like I signed petitions. I'm sure you've signed petitions. You've held up a sign outside a, <laughs> a grocery store that people ignore. Um, you know, uh, I've met with my MLA. I've met with, you know, every politician I could think of. I've spent 25 years educating children. Like, it's just, I wish that there was another way but there just doesn't seem to be. And, and, and some of the people that we've met, you know, retired people, people like one woman was a grandmother of four, uh, who was arrested and it's just, yeah, you know, I hope that, um, I hope that people understand what, uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it and, and hope that they join. And I have noticed that this week is pretty special. There's 120 scientists in the U S blockading the federal reserve so yeah. that's pretty cool have you been watching that um i saw something briefly about it but yeah i mean i'm i'm like glued into all the pro all the blockades going on right now and all the the art actions like the brandenburg gate like that was last generation oh that was um, the big columns yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean all all these things give me so much hope um and especially like you're talking about like people like Eric or um, people with grandchildren or people with these long careers like yourself, um, doctors, scientists, you know, everyone is, well, okay, not everyone, but so many people, <laughs> you know, so many. Like 0.1% of the population. <laughs> right. So many quote unquote credible people are involved. Like me, maybe you wouldn't say I'm a credible person because <laughs> uh, of, you know, my arrest and stuff, but um, so many like, quote unquote credible people are involved in this and it lends so much like weight to the movement and there's no questioning that we're on the right side of history. Yeah. You know? Got any plans for the future? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, I have a few months left of school. Um, and then I plan to just devote whatever I have uh, to the climate justice movement, um, whether that right. means getting arrested. Um, I imagine it will. Um, that's okay with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, onto Ottawa is I think a unique movement in that we have such a large geographical space to kind of cover and with far less people than some movements in smaller countries do, uh, like, like in European countries. Um, and so I think we all have to navigate where we're going to be to do this. Yeah. Um, and so, but we only my... have, we only have 30 million people, right? We are a small, small population wise. So this should be easy. Everybody knows we have to get off fossil fuels. Everybody knows we have to protect the forest. <laughs> yeah. And I guess we all have to uh, just bombard Ottawa with roadblocks. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I think um, I will be moving closer to that city. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we have had some, uh, movement already. Like I know in, in Vancouver with save all growth, 
it took a lot of time before uh, the government started to say anything. But in Ottawa, on day three, Jagmeet Singh started talking about a federal firefighting agency. And just a couple of days ago, the Green Party of Canada has made a call for a federal firefighting uh, agency. And this has to start now. Like they need to be spending the winter, you know, training and, you know, doing whatever needs to be done to the forests to prevent more wildfires uh, in the spring. And, um, you know, this really needs to happen quickly. So I'm really hoping uh, Justin Trudeau, if he's listening, or any people in power or any of the lawyers who are doing research to, you know, to get evidence against you, <laughs> you know, I hope that everybody who's listening uh, really listens with an open heart and realizes that, you know, people are not inconveniencing people on the way to work for shits and giggles. This is like, we really want to save, you know, I mean, I used to think it was just my children's lives and all the children's that I, all the children that I taught's lives. But the, after this summer, it's like, no, it's, it's still my life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I, you know, I'm in my fifties, but, um, it's like, I want to make it to my sixties and we're not going the right way. So, yeah. okay, cool. Well, I think you're super delightful, Caleb. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really lucky. I got to spend some time with you. You, uh, are just such a, a polite, well-read, well-spoken young person and, uh, you know, you, uh, make food and you shop for people. You're constantly sweeping the floor to clean up after, you know, and just always looking yeah. at what you can do to be helpful. And, uh, I really thank you for opening up and, um, you know, getting people to see the, the real person behind the action you did. And, uh, you know, I'll put a picture on the front of your action, but, um, people can go and, uh, and see your speech. Um, they can look at, look at your speech at Instagram. Cause it really was, it, you spent a lot of time on that speech and it was a beautiful speech. So go and listen to Caleb's speech, everybody. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Anything else you want to say before we go? I would just say to people who, uh, might happen upon this and might be listening, um, and are interested in, in action, um, but scared of being arrested, um, don't be scared uh, because all they do is put you in a cold room for a few hours, or at worst, they'll keep you in jail where you can read for you know however long you want all day. Um, it's really not bad. It's the only thing we can do. It's the only weapon we have uh, to fight a, a massive uh, oppressive system that is going to kill us. Um, and so I would just say, like, take action, uh, get organized, uh, hopefully through onto Ottawa or any other radical environmental group. Um, yeah, you'll feel so much better. You do. Right. And you'll meet some super cool people. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks, Caleb. Um, cool. I guess hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. And, uh, have have a great time at school and uh yeah thanks for being here okay yeah. all right great, cool thanks. 
Okay, so I hope you enjoyed uh, that interview with the delightful Caleb. Um, the legal bills are really starting to mount now uh, after the first iteration. So if you have any means to help out, you can go to the link uh, in the bio, the Chuff link, or you can go to our website, ontoottawa.ca, O-N, the number two, ottawa.ca, or you can just simply e-transfer any amount to uh, donate at ontoottawa.ca, donate at O-N, the number two, ottawa.ca. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get this done. Thanks. I know that you're living in a police state till it's too late.